Welcome to the Messy Walk Podcast with Pastor Adam Cook, where our goal is to have a genuine and authentic conversation about the Christian faith journey and what a messy walk with Jesus really looks like. Make sure to follow us for future episodes that will be posted regularly each Wednesday. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Messy Walk Podcast. This is your host, Pastor Matt with... I am here, Pastor, Pastor Adam. Adam's here, yep. We are going to continue on in our series, You Can Think Like Jesus Thinks. This is episode 117. Man, it's crazy to think we only got three more episodes left. Three more of this series, that's it. I know. I think this one ends up being 11 total with an intro in the beginning and then 10, one for each, 10 characteristics of um, a person who thinks like Jesus thinks. And so to, today we're doing, we got three more left, is what you said? Yes. So we got one a day and then two more after this, and then we'll kick off a new series. And we will be, might as well go ahead and say it now, um, when we kick off the new series, which I'm really excited about, we've already laid it out too. I know that we joke sometimes that we're not uh, super planned out all the time, and we're really not <laughs> that planned out. Um, like Matt and I talked for maybe five minutes to um, set the tone for today. I mean, we had some yeah. work already done on it, but um, we're going we're gonna to kick off a new series um, in a couple weeks, in three mm-hmm. weeks, that's um, all about things that we wish we would have known when we were beginning to follow Christ, when we were baby Christians. Oh, wow, that's going to um, be good. Yeah, it should be cool, that's right? Like, so things, I wish we, things I wish I knew when I was a baby Christian. And with that series, we are going to introduce our new permanent host. Oh, wow. So you've you got three more episodes to say goodbye to Matt. <laughs> uh, but he'll be back. He'll be in and on. And we're not throwing him out. But there's a new permanent host. And so um, we've been working on that for a while. And so our new permanent host is Stephanie Lee. Ooh. Um, and so it'd be great. Stephanie is an awesome young woman. She's about to get married. Matter of fact, she will be a married woman by the time we um, she begins her hosting on a podcast, and so that's exciting. Yeah, she's got a busy couple of weeks coming up, and um, we've known Stephanie for forever. Uh, Stephanie is actually one of the original founding um, planting team members of Union Church. That's awesome. When she was only about. 20, 19 or 20 years old, um, which is pretty cool. So um, anyway, Stephanie's been on the podcast a couple of times, and we are excited to have her as the permanent host going forward. So that'll be in a few weeks, um, and Matt will get uh, two or three hours a week back into his week <laughs> <laughs> from having to do the podcast with me all the time. So we're looking forward to that. Stephanie will be on, and all you ladies will get some representation finally because you've been getting yeah. a lot of you've been getting a lot of nothing but man perspective now for uh, – <laughs> A while, but yeah, we'll be kicking that off. So that's the new series starting up in a few weeks. But today, we're going to, like Matt said, wrap up. Well, not wrap up. We're going to go into our eighth part of the 10 characteristics of a person who thinks like Jesus. And so premise of the series, once again, if you missed this or if you're just coming in, you can go back and listen to a bunch of them. They're really, really good. I think they're really helpful. Um, but the premise is, is that if you are a Christ follower, then you actually have the mind of Jesus, which means you can think like Jesus thinks. And so all the perfect ways that Jesus thinks and his mindset, you and I have the mind of Christ supernaturally. We have the mind of Christ. It's been church word. It's been imputed upon us, right? And so we don't only Mm -hmm. have his righteousness. We have this mind as well. Um, And that means that you and I can think like Jesus thinks, not just learn a bunch of stuff we say, 
in this podcast series. Yes. And uh, get that in your brain and then execute it. No, you can do that too. You should be learning about Christ, learning how his mindset works, and then trying to make your and fit it. But, but, also, but you also need to see that the Holy Spirit is doing this in you as we speak. So yes. you actually have the power to think like Jesus thinks, not just figure out how to think like Jesus thinks. That's what I'm, that's what I'm trying to say. And so we've made sure we started off every episode of this particular series talking through that to make sure that we're all on the same page. So do not walk into this going, all right, I'm going to hear what they say, and then I'm going to figure out how to execute it and check it off my list. You're missing the whole point if you do that. The whole point is that you have this mindset supernaturally. So you can lean into it, but the Holy Spirit's one that's really doing the work here, not you and I just trying to think like Jesus thinks. And so Matt and I have been trying to get our minds right now for uh, months and months. I don't know if it's working or not. Uh, (laughs) I feel a little better. (laughs) We're trying to get our minds right um, because everything, every battle in our lives is won and lost in the mind. And so we're just focusing on the mind of Jesus. This stuff helps me. You know, I've, I've been very, I think, very um, forthcoming and quite vulnerable on the podcast and in my teaching yes. and preaching that, you know, mental issues are, are a struggle for me. Um, you know, there's been bouts with depression and there's been a, a ongoing fight with anxiety the majority of my life. And I tend to get in my head. Yeah. I tend to overthink. Um, I tend to be paralyzed sometimes by those thoughts and by that fear. And um, I also tend to intellectualize things and try to get my brain around it. And then, therefore, I can do it or not do it. And uh, mm-hmm. anyway, there's just a mind struggle. And so I find that that's a daily fight for me. And so what I've been trying to do the last several months, actually the last year or so, is to really focus on being mentally healthy um, and also, I'm trying to become more physically healthy yes. um, and those things at the same time. And it's really helped me. So just being forthcoming, we're talking about the mind a lot because I got a jacked up mind. And if you don't want to admit it, you got a jacked up mind too, yeah. Matt. Yours is jacked yeah, up yeah, too. Yeah, mine's, away, mine's right. out there. <laughs> so we're trying to get our minds right. So join us while we get our minds right. So um, this is the eighth one of these 10th characteristics. We've got three more. And so today... What we are saying is, is if you are a person who thinks like Jesus thinks, then you would be marked by this statement. This would be yet another um, uh, statement that you would make in your life, a way, a way of living. And it is, I am willing to sacrifice for others. I am willing to sacrifice for others. That is a key mindset of Jesus. Um, and we've done a bunch so far. We're not going to recap them all. But like last episode was, I forgive my enemies and those who hurt me. Because that's the mindset of Christ. And so I have that mindset. And so I'm forgiving people that are against me. And I'm forgiving people that hurt me. And today, another another piece of you see the mindset of Jesus is, is that he is willing to sacrifice for others. And so if I'm going to think like Jesus thinks, then I am marked by the fact that I am willing to sacrifice for others. And so we got to talk through that today, um, that Jesus is willing to sacrifice for others. And so I have to be too. And we think about this idea that it has to be for other people. Like we sacrifice for ourselves quite easily. Yeah. You know, I mean, when we want something, we figure out how we can sacrifice things to get it. You know, when we, um, <clears throat> here, here's a, here's a one for me, like I am an introvert and so I'm constantly craving time by myself, which is not easy to do as a pastor <laughs> and not easy to do as a, uh, husband and father of three. It's not easy to do when you got five people yeah, in your house. You, you got more people in your house than yeah. I do. Um, <laughs> no time alone. <laughs> it's hard to get time by yourself, but I crave it. I need it mentally. 
And so what I will do is, is I will sacrifice sleep time yeah. to get time for myself. Like I will stay up later than I should um, and let everything settle at home. Valerie usually passes out on the couch at about 10 o'clock at night. Um, usually never any later than that. The minute we turn like a Dateline episode on or something, she'll be like, let's watch a murder mystery. <laughs> and if she says that, me and the kids all know mama's going to be asleep in 15 minutes. Yeah. And so we'll throw a Dateline on or uh, what's the other one? Uh, 2020 or something like that, right? And murder mystery thing, you know, who done it type thing. Within the first 15 minutes, Valerie's asleep. And then the kids are either already in the bed or yeah. they have passed out on the couch too. And we just have delayed taking them up. Right. We used to be better about bedtimes when we only had one kid. Yeah. You know? It's a um, lot of work getting your kids tough. in the bed, man. It's tough, man. Brush so, your teeth, brush your teeth, get in the bed. So what we usually do is we brush our teeth and then they'll beg us to come back downstairs and sit for a few minutes. We'll say yes. And then, um, mama falls, mama's passed out and the, and the kids typically are all passed out too. So I have to make a decision. Do I get them all up and take them to bed? Or do I just sit there in the silence as long as I can? And so I will sacrifice my own sleep time, you know, and to to sit there by myself, right? So we 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 all sacrifice for ourselves. We're we're used to that. But what about actually sacrificing for other people? Yeah. Like not this is beyond serving other people. This is actually sacrificing for other people. Mm. I think about this with our kids a lot. Two kids make me think of this, you yeah. know, like how are we sacrificing for other people? Well, if, as a parent, anytime you say, hey, I really want this or I really need this, but the kids are going to need this or the kids have got this coming up, and so I'm not going to buy this for myself because we got this coming up, right? There's a you know example of it. Yeah. Like, th- just, just stop for a minute and think, how often do we not serve other people but sacrifice for others? Mm. What are we yeah, doing for good. other people? And so let's jump into the mindset of Jesus real quick because this is very, um, you know, all, all of these characteristics we've talked about, they're all extremely obvious in Jesus's life. Like it's, it's, it's an obvious mindset that he has in all of these. But this one might be the most prominent. Um, and when, when people think of Jesus, we think of this. Like it's almost impossible to, to hear the name Jesus and not think of the cross. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, Very true. It's almost impossible. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and even people who don't believe in Christ, there's an association of Jesus and the cross, Jesus and the cross. As a matter of fact, the the vast majority of images that we see now currently of Jesus, it's rarely him. It's rarely his face, right? But crosses are everywhere. Yeah. I mean, everywhere. Very and that's, true. that's the sort of the illustration that we have or the picture that we have of Jesus when we look and think about it is a cross. And unless you're Catholic, there's no Jesus hanging on your cross. Yeah, in that's your true. House. You that's know what I mean? True. Like, there's just a cross. And, and like, I was talking to some guy the other day, and crosses are in like the top five tattoos of all time. Wow. Right? I mean, like, crosses are everywhere. And so, just our mental association picture that we see all the time is a cross in Jesus, which is. Which means that when you think of Christ, you immediately are thinking about whether you realize it or not a sacrifice. Yeah. Um, so this this particular characteristic of Jesus's mind um, might be the most obvious when you look at his life. Um, which means, as Christ followers, this one probably ought to be the most marked in our lives too. If 
we are actually following Jesus, right? Yeah, I mean, that's very true. Because what we're supposed to be is imitators of Christ, like following him. And so if his most dominant mental characteristic or um, statement that he lives by is, I'm willing to sacrifice for others, then ours probably ought to be too. So yeah. let's jump into what Jesus says. I mean, there's lots of ways you can look at this, but this might be, to me, probably one of the best scriptures to see. Um, and then we've got another one at the end. And by the way, once again, we'll throw these scriptures in the description of today's episode so that you can read them on your own if you want to. But this is John 10, um, 14 and 15. Is that right? Yes. Matt? Okay. Yes. Let's, let's see it. It says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. Mm. So he's he right off the bat. Who am I? I am a shepherd. the 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 job of a shepherd was it by nature sacrifice, right? Yeah. They they are out with the sheep in the countryside, guiding them where they need to go. Right, sacrificing their own like where they'd want to sleep. No shepherd wants to sleep out there with sheep. No. You know what I'm saying? Like they want to go home to the house. You know what I mean? They want to like they want to cozy up by the fire. They want to do that. They don't want to be out in the middle of the stick sleeping where sheep sleep, but they sacrifice all of that. So the the, the whole position of a shepherd is marked by sacrifice. Yes. And and it's the sheep the sheep come first, mm-hmm. right? And so Jesus is saying right off the bat, this is who I am. I am a servant. Um I am willing to sacrifice. I'm the good shepherd and I know my sheep. Yes. Like I know them and they know me and I know what they need. And then he says that huge statement at the end, read it again, that, that last part, like, um, uh, just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay my life down for the sheep. I lay my life down for the sheep. Right. I mean, that is sacrifice. Lay, he lays his life down for others. Mm-hmm. Like Jesus is willing to. All the way through, like he's not just saying this is John ten. He's not just saying this like right at the moment of the cross. I mean, this is a this is a piece of who he is all along. And I'm I lay my life down. I'm willing to sacrifice my life. And so, what we should talk about some today is laying down our lives. Yes. Like, what does that look like? What does it actually look like to lay down our lives? Right. Mm-hmm. So when 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 Jesus says this, we know that he literally means. Um, and especially in this context, I mean, specifically talking about I'm laying down my actual life. Yeah. Like I'm going to be the lamb of God that is sacrificed to take away the sins of the world. Right. I mean, it's a literal, it's a literal offering sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And so he's, he's saying, lay down my life. And so we need to talk through, well, what does laying down our lives mean? Because Jesus means that he is literally giving it up, laying the whole life down, but specifically he's going to die as a yeah. sacrifice. That might not be the best way for us to unter- to understand how we should lay ours down. Cause, and maybe I'm wrong, but how often um, will it be dying for us? Right. So yeah, if you're going to, so if you're going to live your life marked by, I'm willing to sacrifice for others, how often would it be that you're going to actually die for it? Yeah. Well, it true. would only be once, right? Cause then after you die, you can't do it again. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So like, yeah, that's true. It, it could only be one time if that was the case. So we got to take this idea of laying down our lives a little bit further and say, what does this mean? You know, I mean, it'd only be once, but seriously, how often would we be dying for this? Um, very true. I mean, you know, I, they, they, not very often, 
right? No. Not very often. So Jesus is the sacrifice. And so he's he's the sacrifice, the lamb that laid down his life um, for his sheep. And what does that mean for us then to be a sacrifice, right? What does it mean then for us to lay down our lives? And so we have to look at it as is it probably doesn't mean for other people that we're going to actually lay down our life and die for them. So we have to ask our question. We have to ask ourselves our question. And what does it mean for us to lay down our lives? Or a better way to say it is: is what is it? What does it mean for us to be a sacrifice? Yes. And I think the way you have to look at it is: is well, what would we be sacrificing? Like, what are we willing to That's sacrifice good. for other people? What are we willing to sacrifice? And this is where it gets down to, like, what does it mean to actually lay on your life for other people and be a sacrifice and live in this mindset? It means that we are actually sacrificing some things, right? So we're sacrificing our wants, yes, our needs, and maybe the hardest one to do, our preferences. Yes. Right? Our wants, our needs, and our preferences. That's what we're willing to lay down to sacrifice with our life. We're laying down our wants, our needs, and our preferences. And don't just think my physical life, right? That's only going to happen one time if you do that. It's And it does happen. I'm not saying it doesn't, but it's really like, like us, we're, we're sacrificing part of our lives, and that is our wants, our needs, and desires. Like, what does it mean to sacrifice your wants? What does it mean to sacrifice your needs? Yes. What does it mean to sacrifice your preferences? Um. Desires is another way to put that, but I like preferences better. What does that mean? You know, put it in the context of any any job or role you have, right? So let's just take it for example. Let's just go at. There's no women on this podcast yet because Stephanie's not here. So let's just go <laughs> men. Let's just go husbands for a minute. Yeah. Right. We sacrifice sacrifice for your wife to lay down your life for your wife, which by the way is a command of husbands. Yes. Right. Um, husbands lay down your life like Jesus laid down his life for the church. Right. What does it mean when you lay down your wants? Well, it's her wants, not yours. Yes. And so that dreaded, horrible conversation, you know, the worst conversation you can ever have in the car when you go, where do you want to eat? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and she goes inevitably, oh, I don't care. Just pick something. And then you pick something very quickly. And then she immediately says back, oh, I don't want to go there. Right? And you're like, wait a minute. You just said you didn't care. And then you go, okay, well, how about this one? Oh, I don't want to go there. I just ate there a couple of days ago, or I don't, I don't want that. I'm not in the mood for that kind of food. And you're like, I thought you said you didn't care, but you don't say nothing yet. And then you go to the third one. You're like, okay, how about this choice? And she's like, no, I don't want to go there. And you're like, you, then you're frustrated. You're like, well, you just pick somewhere. You said you didn't care, but now we're like, like you, you go where she wants to go. Yes. That's laying down. And that's a stupid example, but I mean, that's, it's, that's it's good. sacrificing your wants, right? <laughs> Um, sacrificing your needs. Mm -hmm. What you need is not as important as what she needs, you know? And so you lay down your, your, you sacrifice your needs for her. That's laying down your life or you sacrifice your preferences, what you prefer. Yeah. You may prefer for the house to be, um, uh, here, here's a common fight with, with couples. Um, Valerie and I deal with this too. Um, and, and I do a lot of marriage counseling, right? With a lot of, there's a lot of jacked up marriages yeah. out there, right? And a lot of premarital stuff. And you'll see this play out so often is that one person, uh, usually the man, he doesn't really care about the house being clean by clean. He doesn't mean clean. What he means is not junky. 
right? Because he'll use the same stinky toilet for yeah. forever. He don't care. You know what I mean? Like, like the shower will have soap scum in it forever. He don't care, right? And I'm I'm that guy too. I'm like I don't I don't see the point in cleaning the toilet because all we're gonna do is go in it again. Like yeah, you know what I mean? Like every true. now and then, yeah. But right. So when he when he thinks of house being clean, he thinks of it not being junky. When when Mama thinks of the house being clean, she thinks of it being clean. Yeah, right. Like a four hour clean. Whether it's junky or not, she thinks that the sinks are cleaned out and the, it doesn't stink. Right, yeah. and the floors are cleaned. You know what I mean? Like, and the and the toilets clean and the showers clean. You know what I mean? Like that's what she's thinking. Clean. Yeah. Whether or not that means she's got some piles over here that she's still fooling with or. The kids' stuff is over here in the corner because they're going to need it tomorrow night, so it's just mm-hmm. sitting there, right? Like there's this there's this preference yeah. that we have, and so as men, you know, maybe you prefer to have the house not junky, um, and don't really care about the clean, and maybe she prefers that it's most important for it to be clean, and we will deal with the stuff as we deal with the stuff because we got kids, right? Which means there's going to be stuff everywhere all the time because we yeah. got kids, right? You'd never stop picking up stuff ever. Um, if you had to have everything in order with children in your house. Yeah, right? very true. Um, you never stop. And so your preference to the house not to be junky has to be laid down, right? That's a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to lay my preference down because her preference is, is to, to, to spend the time doing the things that make sense to her, and, and she wants to have these things like this. So I'm going to support that instead of constantly complaining about the house because it's not the way I prefer it to yeah, be. I might true. be speaking from experience right now. Uh, <laughs> I, I feel some relatable you know, notes like, hitting me too. But I mean, that's we, that's what we had when we're thinking about this, like I am willing to sacrifice my life for other people. It's probably not your physical life we're talking about. Yeah. So instead is what is it that you sacrifice then? Your wants, your needs, and your preferences. Um, and this applies everywhere. Like Jesus is willing to sacrifice these things, wants, needs, and preferences for him, but also his whole life, everything. Yeah. And we've got to be willing to live like that too. I mean, this is just this is just basic Christ following one oh one is that you're willing to be a sacrifice. Um and so often Christians tend to be marked by, especially in church, we tend to be marked by not willing to sacrifice. Not willing to lay down our preferences. I mean, how yeah. often, how many times have you been in church and church people are mad or upset or fighting and not willing to give on a preference? Yeah. It's always a preference. It's mm-hmm. hardly ever a primary theological you know, doctrine. Yeah. Rarely. Almost always it's, well, we've always done it this way and we want to do it this way. We like it this way. And it's a preference. And somebody else is sitting there going... Well, I don't like it that way. I don't want to do it that way. I want it this way. Yes. And there's, they're battling back and forth on this preference. And one person might be going, hey, you know, we should do it like this. Or, but what about this? Or, and, and sometimes those, the person that's trying to make change happen is doing it to sacrifice for other people. But you've got people, you've got Christians all the time that come against it because they are not willing to lay down their preference. I'll give you a prime example. Um, this was a long time ago. Uh, and it wasn't me that said this, but it was a church that I served at a long, long time ago. And the church was in this heated battle of changing the music style. Oh, Lord. Right? <laughs> you try to change the music style in church, and that's the fight of all fights. Right? I mean, that is the fight of all fights. When you try to go from, okay, hey, guys, 
we're not reaching the younger crowd, so let's put the hymnals up and do some praise and worship, right? And let's bring in a band, right? I mean, you think about the fight that ensues in traditional churches when the idea of putting a drummer in there, right? You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. just it just blows up. And so I was a part of that a long time ago, and the church had done this weird thing that they do to try to please everybody, where they had they had done what we call hybrid services, where one service is contemporary and the other service is traditional. Oh man! And so you know, sounds like an easy fix. Everybody's yeah. happy, but really, really, what it really does is it divides the focus of the church. Yeah, that's true. Right, and it creates even more of a division. So now you don't just have people with different preferences. Now you got two different churches functioning. Yeah, in right? one building. Oh my gosh! I mean, it's just not good. Um, hardly ever does that work. And so they had already gone this route of changing the, you know, got one service is doing this, one service is doing that. And the contemporary service was growing. It was reaching younger people. And so the kids in the church and the grandkids in the church wanted to go to that service. And the traditional one was primarily the older people who wanted to keep that preference. So we're sitting in a meeting one time. There's going to be some people listening to the podcast who know exactly what I'm talking about because they know me, but, you know, just keep your mouth shut. Don't say nothing. Anyway, <laughs> um, <clears throat> so we're sitting in a meeting one time. Now, this is already going on. These different services are going on. But one person who just hates the idea of this particular modern music style, they hate it. They are in there still talking about how we should not do this, right? Now, they're bringing up the good, valid points of – it's creating division in these two churches. But what they are not willing to do is lay down their preference so that it is joined. Like, they want everybody else to lay down theirs. Yeah. Right? So I'm I'm bringing up valid points that this is not healthy, but I'm not willing to sacrifice my own wants, needs, preferences. Mm-hmm. Right? <clears throat> so they're sitting there talking about it, and um, I mean, he's just vehemently against it. And this this very wise person in the meeting, in front of everybody, looks at the guy and says, excuse me one second, and they know each other, right? And so he says, can I ask you a question? Um, how old is your grandson? And the guy's kind of taken aback at first, but he doesn't really get why this is relevant. And so he's like, well, he's 12. Okay. Do you love your grandson? And the guy gets a little offended. Oh, bet so. And he's like, well, of course I do. Why would you insinuate that I don't? He's already, he's already honoring anyway. You know, and she's like, well, I mean, do you really love your grandson? He's like, yes, of course I love my grandson. And and she says, this wise lady says, if some, if there was a, like, would you be willing to lay your life down for your grandson? And he's like, what do you mean? She's like, I don't know. If somebody walked in here with a gun right now and said it's either him or you, would you take the bullet? And he's like, yeah, of course I would. Like, I'd lay down my life for my grandson all day. And then she pauses, and she says, you'd lay down your life for your grandson, but you aren't willing to lay down your musical style. Mm. That's intense. What sense does that make? Yes. She's calling him to, hey, look, we're Christians, and what Christians do is they are marked by the mindset of Jesus, which means I am willing to sacrifice for other people. Mm-hmm. And I've thought about that since that day. It pops up all the time because here's things that husbands do. 
husbands and men in the family, we will stand on that hill forever and go, I'd lay down my life for my kids. I'd take a bullet for my kids. I'd jump in front of a train for my kids. You know what I mean? Like yes. we, 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 we sort of say, like, that's what the man does, right? If there's a if something's going on, the man takes the danger first, right? You know what I mean? Like if somebody's got to go down, I mean, this is this is human survival one on one, right? This yes. is if this if somebody's got to go down, it's the man going mm-hmm. down, right? You know what I mean? If 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 somebody's got to take it, the man's got to take it, right? So that the that that mama and the kids and all those things can can live, right? And so men stand on this all time like we are macho and egotist. It's all ego, yeah. of I will stand up for and take a bullet and lay down my life for my kids. I wouldn't think twice about it, and yet. We won't lay down our own wants, our own needs, our own preferences. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of you, there's a lot of men that will listen to this podcast, and you don't prefer to go to church, but your kids really want it and need it. Yeah, well, that's tough. And you won't go. Yeah. And it's because you are not willing to sacrifice your life, like you say you will, for your children, because you won't lay down preferences. You won't lay down preferences. You won't lay down your own needs, your own wants. I mean, I get it. I have so many men that say to me all the time um, or that say to people that it ends up getting back to me, well, Sunday's the only day I got off. I work six days a week. Sunday's the only day I got off, and so that's my day. Yeah. And so my family needs to do what I want to do on my day off. Do you realize how absolutely selfish that sounds? Yeah, that's true. Like, all right, so if you're going to say that, don't call yourself a Christian because you are not marked at all by a willingness to be the good shepherd in your household and lay down your life and your wants mm. and your needs and your yeah. preferences for your children. I would question your salvation Yeah, if Sunday is about you. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to be ugly. I know everybody goes through seasons, and I'm not saying that it isn't tough, and I'm not saying that we don't go through seasons where it's just hard for us to make those things happen, but come on, you know? Yeah. Come on. You know, this this idea here is – we have to be willing to sacrifice our lives. What does that look like? Well, it looks like laying down our wants, our needs, and our preferences. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go one more That's scripture good. and we'll wrap up because I just probably offended half the audience. Mark <laughs> Mark 10, verse 45 is the last one we'll look at. It says, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. I mean, this is a, this is a ridiculously awesome verse. He goes, Even me. Like he goes, even me, I am it. I am the son of man. This is this monstrous phrase, right? That encompasses he is all. You know, like even even God himself did not come to be served, but to serve. Yes. So I mean, think about him looking. He's going like think about Jesus being on a podcast right now. I don't know what kind of Jesus accent he would have. He would be Middle Eastern, right? But I don't know what he sound like, so I'm not going <laughs> to pretend. Um, but like, think about Jesus just popped in on the podcast, and he looked at he looked at you, Matt, and you were like, "I'm not laying down my preference on where I want to eat." And Jesus goes, "Come on, bro. This is what this is like. What he's saying here. He's like saying, "Come on, bro. Even me, right? Even the King of everything, absolute perfection. Even I did not come to be served, but to serve." Get off. This is one of those Jesus verses where it's like, get off your high horse for yes, a minute. Very true. I mean, who the heck do you think you are? You know, I didn't come to be served, but to serve. Mm-hmm. And to give my life as a ransom for many. To to give it. 
Like I'm, I'm, I'm choosing to lay it down. I'm choosing to lay down this sacrifice of my life. The, the thing I want to talk about real quick before we wrap up is I think Jesus gives you a key in that verse right there to what sacrifice really looks like played out day by day by day. Yes. Right? So every single day, I think he gives you two keys. He says two key words in that verse. Read it again, Matt. Read it again. Two key, he gives you two key verbs. It says, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. But to serve. There's the first verb. verb. And to give his life as, as a ransom for many. Did not come to serve, to be served, but to serve. There's your first verb. Mm-hmm. And then to give his give. life as a, rec- as a ransom for many. So you got two key verbs here that will set the tone for you and I in walking out this mindset. Yes. Serve and give. Serve and give. Right? We serve and give. If you and I will focus our lives on serving and giving, then it will be marked by being willing to sacrifice for other people. Mm-hmm. Right? Very true. Because real serving hurts. Yes. And real giving hurts. It does. Right? Real serving and real giving hurts. Like if you are giving um, and it doesn't, it doesn't push you a little bit, like maybe I'm overusing the word hurt, but if it don't hurt a little bit, if it don't sting a little bit, you ain't really giving. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how far I want to go with this, but you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I get what you're like saying. If, if, if you are giving, um, let's just take money, for example, is what everybody thinks of. If you, if you are um, giving your tithes and your offerings every month and it does not make you pause and go, I don't know, maybe, then you need to increase it. Yeah. And if you think that I want your money at church, then give it somewhere else. I, I'm, I'm going to try and teach you a principle. But I mean, if it's just like, oh, got it done, moving on to the next thing, it, you need a stretch in your giving. Yeah. Right. Because real serving and real giving hurts. When Jesus Christ is saying this, do you not think it hurt him to execute what he just said in that statement? Mm-hmm. Like it was extreme hurt. Very true. It, extreme pain in the giving of his life. But it had to be ridiculous pain to be disrespected the way he was as God, his friends to leave him. You know what I mean? Like, like, and think about, I think about this all the time. Like, Jesus died for my sins, um, and I accepted him. And he had, and is already, he already knew how much I was going to reject him after I accepted him. Yes. You know what I mean? Like yeah, there's pain tough. involved in that. Yeah, that's you know what tough. I mean? So, mm-hmm. so he gives you two key verbs here for us to live this out serve and give, serve and give. And those things hurt. They do. So, what we need to do is we need to, to walk this out. Our life every day should be marked by serving and giving until it hurts. Mm-hmm. You know, it should hurt a little bit, it should, it should sting a little bit, it should make us uncomfortable. You know, it should be like, no, I do not want this music. I don't like it. I don't think it edifies God. It doesn't fit my preferences. But my 12-year-old and his friends, they like it, and it's and it's nothing wrong with it, and it's honoring God. It's not doctrinally wrong, and so I'm going to lay it down. It's going to hurt me. I'm going to be irritated every Sunday morning. It's going to be a little loud on my ears. Yes. Right? Oh, I'm just making up something with regard to the music. It's easy to talk about. But there's so many things like that. So it's going to hurt me a little bit. I'm going to do it because I am marked by serving and giving. Those are the two actions that I'm trying to live out. I'm trying to serve and I'm trying to give. Because when we are actively serving till it hurts and giving till it hurts, we are very, very close to the yes. heart of Jesus. And and that is where the Holy Spirit can do some big-time work. 
right? When we go, hey, with my left hand, I'm going to serve. And with my right hand, I'm going to give. Um, the Holy Spirit then can continue to transform our mind into the mindset of Jesus. Yes. Right. And, and make us more and more as somebody who is willing to be sacrificed or, or willing to sacrifice our life and the pieces of our life, our wants, our needs, our preferences for other people. Mm-hmm. Um, That's good. And this is po- like this is possible. Very. I mean, it is possible. Like, like, don't read this stuff and be like, oh, this is impossible. Only Jesus could lay down his life. That's not true. That's not true at all. Um, it is all you got to do is serve and give and then just increase, continue to increase that as it hurts. Right. And, and then once you get used to it at that phase, it hurts some more. You increase it some more. Right. You serve and you give, you serve and you give until it hurts. Mm-hmm. And, and it's doable. That's all he's asking you to do. You don't have to be the person on the cross. He's already done that. You don't have to do that. All we've got to do is actually serve and give. Yes. You know? Serve and give. Like the last 25 days of my life have been annoying. I mean, I, I'm hurting. My wife was out of the country. Um, an awesome experience. She was in Israel. And my kids, it, it happened to be the absolute worst time for her to go out of town, right? Um, because the kids had all their end-of-year stuff and baseball games and softball games. and I mean, just everything you could possibly think of. I haven't been home before 10 o'clock at night in 25 straight days. Oh, my gosh. It hurts. Yeah. Right? That's, that's it hurts. sacrifice. And I'm not saying I've done this all perfectly and hadn't complained and whined and been sinful about it. I have. But I'm just saying serve until it hurts. Right? Mm-hmm. That's me. It's not about my wants. It's not about my needs. It's not about my preferences. I'm going to lay those down because I follow a Savior and Lord who lays down his life, his wants, his needs, his preferences. You know what yes. I'm saying? Yeah, and good. the Holy Spirit, I need you to make me into more of that in my mind. I want to mm-hmm. be somebody who's marked by serving and giving, marked by serving and giving. What better compliment could you have in your life if you ask somebody, all right, give me your, what do you think about Matt Dalton, right? And, and you can only give me two words or two things. And the person said, well, they're a server and they're a giver. Give me two that are better than that. Yeah, that's, that's, now, I don't that's know very, any. That's intense. I don't know any. I don't know because somebody could say, well, man, he sure does love. But if they don't mark your love by serving and giving, uh, I don't know, right? Mm-hmm. He sure is a nice guy. I mean, think about if it was instead, no, this, that, this person is a servant. Yes. This person is a giver. What greater compliment should you get? You know, And that's why we, that's why we love Jesus so much. Yes. Like that's why, that's why we get enamored with Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's because he, even he, even the Son of Man, did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. We are so enamored with who Jesus is because he served and he gave, and he should have been the one being served, and yes. he should have been the one receiving everything. And instead, he chose not to do it. I mean, think about this concept. I haven't talked about this in a long time. This is one of those things that, and I'll stop because I don't know if it has anything to do with what we're talking about. But um, I can't get this thought out of my mind. I think about it all the time that Jesus himself, um, like, he should have received everything and he doesn't. And so Jesus himself looked through the scriptures, he never uses his own power. To terminate on himself. Mm. That's like, good. Ever. Ever. 
it blows my mind because I think, you know, in the big ways, now nah, he wouldn't do it. He's Jesus. But in the small ways, I mean, like when they're hungry one night, he could have just popped up some food. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like they, when they're walking through and they're all starving and they start to grab the wheat, right? And they get in trouble because they harvest it on a Sunday. You know what I'm talking about? Jesus mm-hmm. knows all that's coming. He could have just been like, hey, bro, this ain't happened yet. These won't be invented for 2,000 years, but here's a double cheeseburger. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna, your ancestors are going to thank me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And he could have, like, I don't know. He, here's a pizza, man. Yeah. You know? Uh, he doesn't. He doesn't ever use it That's to terminate great. on himself. Like you sit there, and never, never do you see it in scripture where he uses his own power for himself. Yeah, and I can't get over that. I think about it constantly, and I think that it gives us the perfect example to see that it his whole mindset, his perfect mind was rooted in serving and giving. He doesn't use his own powers to ever terminate on himself. The times you see him feeding people with a miracle, guess who he's feeding? Somebody else. Yes. Right? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, somebody else. The, the, the times where you see him healing people, he ain't healing himself. On the cross alone, the one um, the one criminal looks at him and is like, man, why don't you get us off here? Ain't you the man? Right? <laughs> why don't you save yourself? Right? And <laughs> yeah. Jesus goes, I could. He don't say this, but I could, but I don't use my power to terminate on me. I've yeah. laid down all my wants, all my needs, all my preferences. Right? It's mm-hmm. it's amazing. That's anyway, good. It's amazing. I it can't is. stop. I I can't stop thinking about that. I think about so many examples of it. So, let's recap real fast. The number eight characteristic of thinking like Jesus thinks is you are marked by the statement and and you live your life. Uh, I am willing to sacrifice for other people. Yes, that's it. That's we got good. two more coming at you. Nine and ten. Number nine. Hold up. I will tell you what it is. If I can get this little scrolly thing to work. Number nine, next week will be, I want to do God's will, not mine. That's going to be good. We'll get that one next week. Mm-hmm. We'll see you guys next week. Make see sure you, you check us out on all the places and the platforms and social media junk and share and like. See you guys. All Thank right, you all so later. much. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on the Messy Walk podcast with Pastor Adam Cook. Make sure to follow us for future episodes that will be posted regularly each Wednesday. Have a good day.